0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Five Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. On this week's episode, more bad news related to the May Windows updates and potential breakages caused by those. Rackspace suffers another significant outage spanning two days. And a government official in India accidentally dropped his $1,200 mobile phone into a reservoir and had workers drain the reservoir. For this crazy story and more, keep listening to this episode of the podcast, which of course is brought to you by my sponsors, including NetRix Policy Pack, where you use Group Policy, Policy Pack Cloud, or MDM to remove local admin rights. Manage and Lockdown Applications, Java, Browsers, and Mitigate Ransomware, plus more. And also brought to you by ControlUp, end-to-end digital experience management for the Work From Anywhere era. ControlUp, happy users, happy IT. And of course, also brought to you by Numescent, the inventors of the first and only cloud-native container management platform for Windows desktops. If you enjoy the show each week, give these awesome sponsors to thank. And now for some news. Starting off with more bad news from the main Windows updates, BleepyComputer.com reports that Microsoft have confirmed that some 32-bit applications are impacted by recurring failures when saving and copying files across multiple Windows versions, especially when copying to network shares. The intermittent issue only affects apps that are large-address-aware and are also using the Copy File API on Windows 11 21H2 and 22H2. And this is after installing the recent update KB5023774. It is also affecting Windows 10 21H2 and 22H2, but this is with KB5023773 instead. So different KB numbers, but it does affect both Windows 10 and Windows 11. Microsoft have stated... Windows devices are more likely to be affected by this issue when using some commercial enterprise security software which uses extended file attributes. File Explorer itself is not susceptible to the problem as it affects applications which use the copy API as I stated. So Microsoft Office apps like Word and Excel are actually susceptible to this problem, but only when utilizing the 32-bit versions, with impact users potentially receiving a document not saved error message. Microsoft has already fixed the issue on Windows 10 and Windows 11 21H2 via a known issue rollback, which you'll have to use group policy to initiate. No fix is available at the moment for 22H2, at least at the time of this recording. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And if you do see this type of issue, you'll know why. Microsoft have announced that the conditional access authentication strength feature is now generally available. With conditional access authentication strength, administrators can define a minimum level of authentication strength required for access based on factors such as the user's sign-in risk level or the sensitivity of the resource being accessed. Organizations can choose from predefined authentication strength policies or define their own custom authentication strength policies based on their specific needs and risk profiles. These policies can be applied to members in the tenant and for external users from any Microsoft cloud. So to check that out, I believe you can go into the Microsoft Intra Administrator Center and you'll find it in there now. I can't recall if I already covered the story about the .zip domain becoming available. Uh, but if I didn't, Google started offering .zip domains pretty recently, and very quickly, Cybergang started to take advantage of this. Well, now there is a new file archivers in the browser phishing kit, which abuses zip domains by displaying fake WinRAR, or Windows File Explorer's windows in the browser to convince users to launch malicious files. BleepyComputer.com reported the toolkit can be used to embed a fake WinRAR window directly in the browser when a .zip domain is opened, making it look like the user opened a zip archive and is now seeing the files within it. While it looks nice when displayed in the browser, and it brings up a pop-up window, uh, you can remove the address bar and scroll bar, leaving what appears to be a WinRAR window displayed on the screen. While the toolkit does still display the browser address bar, it is still likely to trick some users into thinking this is a legitimate WinRAR archive. Furthermore, creative CSS and HTML could likely be used to just refine the toolkit further and make it look even less like it's running in the browser. And this is just one example of how these .zip domains may be leveraged by cyber gangs in the future. I'm sure there will be more and probably more sophisticated ruses at that. Thanks to my buddy Jeremy for pointing out this next story. Researchers at cybersecurity firm Eclipseum have identified a potential backdoor-like behavior on some gigabyte systems in circulation, which puts 271 distinct motherboard models at risk. Firmware on the identified models was found to be initiating and running a Windows-native executable during system startup, which insecurely downloads and executes additional payloads. The mechanism is used for installing what should be harmless firmware updates but researchers have said there are no security measures in place which means it could be manipulated to install malicious software not only does the updater download code to the user system without adequate authentication but it also sometimes downloads over http instead of https potentially exposing users to the risk of a man in the middle attack Besides establishing connections with the internet, the updater has the ability to download firmware updates from a NAS device in the local network too, and this introduces a potential risk as a malicious actor could imitate the NAS and infect the victim's system with spyware or other malicious malicious software. Affected motherboards encompass both Intel and AMD platforms. And the list contains models dating back to AMD 400 series chipsets. As a precautionary measure, concerned parties can block access to the URLs that are mentioned in the article by computing.co.uk, which is what I'm using as a reference for this particular story. And these particular URLs are utilized to check for updates. Doing so can mitigate some of the potential risks associated with the insecure implementation while waiting for Gigabyte Gigabyte to issue a fix. Users are also advised to take the following precautions. That includes conducting regular system scans and monitoring for any signs of affected Gigabyte systems or suspicious firmware behavior, update systems with the latest validated firmware and software versions provided by Gigabyte, Review their UEFI BIOS settings for any options related to the App Center download and install feature. If such an option exists, it is recommended to disable this. This helps mitigate potential vulnerabilities associated with this particular feature. So this one, needless to say, is a doozy. It affects such a wide range of gigabyte motherboards, and I'm sure exploits are right around the corner for this. A Windows 11 preview that was announced during build brings native support for RAR files. This is on top of the existing native zip file format support that has been in Windows for several years now. So you'll be able to natively handle and extract and hopefully zip to uh, the .rar extension as well as the .zip going forward. WinRAR responded to the news on Twitter by sharing the, you know, this is fine meme where the dog is like sipping coffee surrounded by fire. So it seems like maybe they're caught off guard a little bit by this announcement. Um, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more features in the Rinrar utility itself. And this is probably just gonna be like that zip support where really all you can do is compress the files and extract the files and nothing more. The Register reported this week that Rackspace faced another outage in several regions that spanned May 29th and May 30th. Rackspace even warned customers of its London data centers that whatever's causing the issue at the time may cause disruptions to their backups and offered instructions on how to detect any failures. At the time of this recording, services seem to have been restored, but they stayed with some exceptions. And the cause of the problem was listed as IO limits in the multi-tenant shared SAN environment had reset incorrectly, and it looks like they ran a script to reset it correctly. Rackspace's status updates stated, quote, it has been identified that any impacted Linux VMs will not automatically recover if storage has been adjusted and will need to be manually rebooted. Rackspace engineers can reboot impacted VMs from the portal where necessary. End quote. So another worrying uh, cloud outage here, this time for Rackspace, who I believe had a recent cloud outage as well, or cloud service outage. So uh, not a good look really, but hey, (laughs) hopefully things become more stable. Thanks to Corey Hendrickson for sharing this because I completely missed it from the Microsoft build announcements. And he stated that it's a super sleeper feature because he said that Microsoft didn't demo it and nobody has reported or tweeted about it during the event. So it's no surprise that I didn't see it until Corey tweeted about that. Um, but the feature is App Restore backs up your Winget applications, so your Windows Package Manager applications, and Dev Home can install them for you. So it looks like backing up and kind of restoring Winget installed applications, probably from moving from device to device or possibly from if you're just wiping a device and then uh, rebooting windows on it then you can maybe get all your WinGet applications back without having to do much configuration so pretty cool by the sounds of it jen gentleman shared a screenshot on her awesome twitter account which you should follow at jen because she's always sharing some really great Previews of things that are coming to future stable versions of Windows, but also just some cool tips, tricks and tips as well. I regularly cover uh, some of her tips on this show, but in this screenshot, she was showing the ability to right click and end a task on an application simply from the taskbar. So in future, no need to go into task manager to kill a process, to completely kill an application. looks like you'll be able to do that just by right-clicking on the icon of the application running in the taskbar and just kill it that way. In yet another article aimed at pushing an anti-work from home narrative, Fortune shared insight from an NYU professor suggesting work from home can hurt career advancement. Of course, the article was aimed at Gen Z, So more generational targeting to get clicks. Um, But the professor stated, before you collect dogs and spouses, get into the office, establish mentors, establish friends, adding that those promoted are the ones with the best relationships at work, which is a little short-sighted and narrow-minded because the last two companies that I worked in, uh, at least Most of the team was working remotely and there were still promotions of people. So yeah, not buying this one. I think it's more clickbait, but it just further shows this kind of strong narrative now to try and push people to return to work from the office. Manuel announced a new version of Neverred has been released, which is version 2.10.15. And it has added some great new applications in there like Bloomberg Terminal, Google Drive, Jabra, the possibility of Teams optimizations for AVD, and more. For a full list, check out the links for this week's episode, which is episode 284, and you'll find that at 5bytespodcast.com. The next Cloud Paging User Group Online Meetup will take place on Friday, June 9th at 2.30 p.m. BST, which is 3.30 p.m. Central European Summertime. And I believe it's 9.30 a.m. Eastern for those in the eastern U.S. On the agenda this week, I'll be covering my automated application packaging and patching script, so I'll walk through my PowerShell script that uses the Cloud Pager API, the Cloud Paging Non-Interactive Packager for automating the packaging. I'm going to be using Automate Tester and Automate Scenario Builder and also using the Evergreen PowerShell module, which I feature on this podcast so often. Uh, Ryan from Numescent will also showcase Cloud Pager's App-V optimization feature. So if you're looking for a path forward for your existing App-V packages, this might interest you too. And there will also be just kind of the general user group business and discussion. And as a teaser, if you want to see my automated application packaging and patching in action, I shared a video on my own blog, Rorymon.com, a couple of weeks ago and that'll give you an idea of what my script can do when utilized with these different technologies. And during the user group, I'll step through some of the PowerShell code to show you what's behind it. So I'll share a link to register for the event with this episode, and you'll find that at 5bytespodcast.com Ars Technica reported that someone who blogs at a site called TinyApps shared that they have successfully hacked the Windows XP activation to be completely offline. They have an xp-activate32.exe, which takes the code generated by Windows XP's phone activation option and processes it into a proper activation key entirely offline. And it's persistent across system wipes and reinstalls. It is seemingly the same key Microsoft would provide for your computer. So, well, I mean, you shouldn't really be activating XP anymore, but, if you're really stuck and you need to get it working in a VM or something like that, then maybe this could be an option, but hopefully you don't need that. It's interesting that so many years after end of life, this is the first time apparently that someone's hacked the offline activation for XP. Kinda cool, someone was even still trying. And finally for this week, in a crazy story that is not enterprise related, CBS has reported that an official in India accidentally dropped his $1200 mobile phone into a reservoir while trying to take a selfie. He then sent divers into the reservoir to try and find it, and when that failed, he ordered the entire reservoir to be drained. The official claimed his phone contained sensitive government information and that he had permission to drain the reservoir. But the state government said no such permission was granted and accused him of misusing his position and wasting fresh water at a time when it's sorely needed. Parts of North and Central India are currently facing a heatwave resulting in water shortages for millions of people. And the extra kicker here, when they found the phone, it no longer worked. The official is suspended pending a full investigation. I feel like that's the kind of story that's going to follow that person around for the rest of his life. And now this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. Silvio Balduzzi recently shared a tool that he created called the App User List tool, which can generate a user list of applications showing the number of times applications were executed by users on your managed machines. And hopefully this script will be shared soon. It looks like the script hasn't been shared, but some screenshots and some details of what it can do has been published by Silvio on his blog. It looks pretty cool, and this is something that a lot of organizations will likely need as they start migrating from Windows 10 to Windows 11, and also just migrating from maybe platform to platform. And Gregor Sutti shared a blog post, actually a single blog post that's going to be part of a series of blog posts around challenges of installing application in azure vms part one is a look at azure vm extensions uh well really it looks like it's uh, dsc extensions i'm not really sure what the state of azure vm extensions is at the moment and if it's still going to be supported going forward but this is uh, azure vm extensions dsc extension and finally James Kindon has updated and published a blog post on WEM advanced guidance for 2023. So WEM is a really awesome product. In my opinion, a lot more Citrix customers should be using it. It's so, so powerful. And if you'd like to learn more and get actual guidance from an expert on WEM, then check out this blog post. And as I do with everything I talk about on the podcast each week, I'll share a link to that with this episode. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening.